0: I do to deserve that—that that accusation. Nothing. I'm just not feeling good. No, I'm sorry.
1: I'm a bit crabby. Hey, you are. Good. You are
0: crabby today. Can't wait till you get to your destination so that you are in a better mood. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm a horrible person to travel with. I really am.
1: So I don't because nothing with you. about the process is enjoyable to me. Nothing about trying to get get you know wasting two hours of my day to get there. Ahead of time because they can't get their crap together and I have to go through all their lines and all their security, and then you know you're basically the criminal throughout the whole process you're just trying not to do anything wrong, so you're not further delayed and then once once I'm finally just sitting there waiting for the plane and I have my seat actually i'm I really my anxiety doesn't really start reducing until I'm on the plane, so I'm sitting in my chair and I know i'm I'm done with all that, <clears throat> yeah, but up until then, I'm just a horrible mess.
0: The security is what makes it so unenjoyable nowadays um and did you see the other day the i guess the tsa chief stepped down because um they were failing so bad like i was, like 90 percent of their like bomb tests were like making it through everyone could get through yeah and you could get through with metal and knives and yeah it almost at almost every checkpoint yeah so it's that's just proof it's just all security theater and you know it makes you miserable
1: Well, most of my travel has been post 9/11, which is when all that stuff started. So, it's never been enjoyable
0: for me. Mm. You know, see, I I remember the days when, because I used to like fly to see my mom a lot and stuff. Not even business travel, and I could just get to the airport like 20 minutes before my flight takes off, and you can just run in and jump on the airport on the airplane. Yeah, I remember being a kid
1: and like taking my dad or someone who was traveling a family member up to the airport and it would be a fun experience. We'd all go, we'd all go sit and wait and look at the planes and hang out and do all that kind of stuff. And now it's, it's nothing like that. Yeah.
0: So it looks like we, there's not a ton of news and we don't have a lot of topics prepared. So this is going to be a, a sound effect podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jeremy's just going to sit there and, and just, uh, that would be amazing. Yep. Play his, his audio instrument. Over exactly. There. I have a question for you.
0: What kind of a tree are you? If you think you're a tree now. <laughs> Just going through my my sound clips. I've, uh, I've walked out of meetings when I got called a resource. I'm, I'm a sickly tree. <laughs> I had to think uh, about that. Oh. <laughs> you're a diseased tree, a sad tree. You're a weeping <laughs> willow today. <laughs> oh, we, do have would some, me. we do have some topics. Never fear folks
1: yeah there's always something going on that we can talk about
0: <clears throat> okay so start so the first one on our rundown run here is so sage has created a charitable foundation so sage recently partnered or what did they what was their thing with salesforce they announced that they were going to no specifics but they're going to build something they want to well they
1: uh, built something they built their that application
0: well there's
1: the, the whole financial side the back back office piece not built
0: It's all, it's, I've read more about it. It's all details. They, they have a lot of plans to move a lot of, all their products are on, almost all their products are on premise. So all those,
1: those little cool things I saw are not cool, but all the graphics and animations I saw of, of quote unquote, working software was, was virtual. Is that what you're finding? I
0: I don't know. Yeah. Um, that, but knowing how companies work and how, you know, how marketing works, that was probably all just, yeah, uh, mock-ups I would. And this is the Sage Life
1: application that we're talking about. I'm
0: where talking they about partnered the, with Salesforce. Okay. So I'm talking about their entire their, their entire product set. I mean, they are um, let's see if I can find some details here. Um, I mean, okay, okay, so but what the, you're they you're talking they about have, is they have two hundred and seventy different products and they're almost all on premise. That installed base, I'm just reading from this thing, that installed base can't be forced into a big bank switch to the cloud overnight. There's a quote from the, their CEO. We want to have a really strong cloud offering, but there will inevitably be a period where the top end of our customers will still want on-premise. What we are doing right now is going through a product rationalization exercise to see which are growth products. The products which are growth products will be converted to cloud. And if you believe this, they're going to potentially build some or all of these on the force.com platform. Yeah.
1: And 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 par- as part of that partnership, there was a little
0: handshake and nod to the fact that they would be more charitable, correct? Yeah. So Sage Foundation, which is this new thing they've created, I guess, it's is taking the the one 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 model, except, except. <laughs> they're upping the ante. Oh, one 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 one. <laughs> no, they they're literally calling it the two 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 model. Oh. Nice. So now, uh, now they're making Salesforce look like the stingy bastards. Two <laughs> percent of the firm's fourteen thousand employees' time each year, which is five days. Two uh, percent of free cash flow. That's actually more. That's actually a stronger statement than profit. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, at least it's a, it's giving a putting giving that thing a little bit of teeth. Right. And two percent of Sage's products for any charity social enterprise or a non-profit organization. Wow. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure Good Day Sir podcast is a social enterprise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you've been chomping at the bit to uh, use some Sage products. They're they're so pleasant.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, they're, they're, they got to get better, right? As they move them to the cloud and they transition and they update the technology.
0: They have to get better? I don't know. I mean, you'd hope so, but there certainly have been spectacular failures. Well, I think a
1: lot of problems with these software companies is they have their desktop versions, they have their on-premise, and it's I, get, I guess they've gotten so big that it's so hard to change them. But things like mobile and web and even now the watch is kind of forcing these companies, we're well, not really forcing them, but giving them new areas to kind of rethink what they've done in the past and, and give them this kind of new forum to kind of explore that. Um, because it's not the same type of medium. You have to explore different types of interactions and, and, you know, different ways of collecting and storing information. So I think it's been good. I think it gives these companies a chance to break free of the kind of old model.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely an opportunity for a reset. Yeah.
1: Much in the way, you know, the 2000 end of the world bug was going to cause.
0: And if Salesforce was on one end of the spectrum, clearly the, you know, poster child for SaaS, right? Sage is probably on the other end of the spectrum, right? It's very slow to cloud. Right. And the, the problem they have, I think is a lot of their, so they're, they're based in the UK, right? And a lot of their customers are European. Um, I saw some survey that said like, you know, like 80% of their German customers don't want cloud for at least five to 10 years. They're just very conservative. I think it's privacy concerns. I also think that's one reason why Salesforce has had some issues in Europe getting getting as much traction as they'd like because European customers, for, I think, are more scared about privacy issues around cloud, and especially if their data is stored in the United States, particularly with like the NSA stuff and everything else. That's just almost a big no no for lots of companies. Which is one reason, and I would say maybe the one of the main reasons why Salesforce has been opening so many data centers in Europe. Because customers are over there are not going to have their data stored in the United States. Right. Probably smart. Uh, there's a quote from Benioff. It's great to see plans for the Sage Foundation and its support for the philanthropic model we pioneered at Salesforce. By integrating philanthropy into its culture on a global scale, Sage can make a difference in the lives of millions of people around the world. So apparently uh, Benioff pioneered corporate giving. I I wasn't aware of that. He
1: chose his words carefully because he didn't say we pioneered the one 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 model because uh, Sage upped the ante. So now he's going to have to speak to it in general terms.
0: That's what I'm saying. It sounds sounds like he's saying that he pioneered corporate giving. Do you think we're going to start getting
1: competition between uh, all these CEOs and everyone's going to be upping? Uh, We're going to get one 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 and two two twos and maybe one
0: two twos or one three one two threes. Does that mean that Benioff is going to spend even more time talking about himself and his giving at Dreamforce than he does? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about a uh, good day, sirs charity program. We don't, we don't really have one. We don't have a giving program here at, probably because you know what I, Here, This is what we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have the 10, 10, 10 model,
1: 10, 10, 10.
0: Well, this is the 10 model. We're going to give 10% of our profits to charity. <laughs> That's easy. There's no profits. We're kind of in the negative here. <laughs> if we gave 10% of our losses to charity, that would, that'd, that'd be a pretty big check. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but here, here's my idea. All right, so we've been, you know, it's kind of for fun, but really, uh, just because it, it's annoying. Um, we, ha, you know, we everyone has these little verbal ticks. They do that. Like I say like too much. I say like i probably said it a hundred times so far. Um, you know, what do you Minors say?
1: are like? Are the ums and uh,
0: what is the other one? I don't know. Sometimes you'll say actually like ten times in a row. No, I, I, and I do that too. Actually, I don't really say it
1: actually all that often.
0: And so we we have the we're, we need to get better about buzzing, <laughs> buzzing our or with our with a bell or whatever. The bell's so but far here's away. Here is what I suggest. Every time, so you and I, we now we have to be honest with each other. We have to like police each other. But every time we we catch the other one, we, we ding, and that's a dollar. So this is this is equivalent of a swear jar. Yes, this is a swear jar, essentially the equivalent thereof. Swear jar for charity. Yeah. And we haven't, I mean, this is the first time we, because John and I don't have meetings about the podcast on purpose.
1: Yeah, being blindsided. We, we have, we,
0: we do all of a sudden in the open. I'm now all of a
1: sudden financially obligated exactly. for my words. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you can't say no because then it makes you look like a stingy guy, you know? It does. makes me look like a bad person. <laughs> yes. You have succeeded at, at I thought guilty me into charity, sir. Not, you know, we both want to. Off would be proud. We both want to work on these verbal tics and why not uh, make it fun and and for a good cause.
1: All right, so that's the monetary portion of it. What about time?
0: Well, that it's no, it's just the it's just that it's just the uh it's just monetary.
1: I mean, come on. Let's, well, if we're let's sales, be if we're a Salesforce podcast, don't we have to be a Salesforce 111 model?
0: No, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't we don't have to uh, acquiesce uh to Benioff's bullying. Oh, I guess technically the show's
1: free and that's our time, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, we already we blow those other Parts out of the water, right? I mean, seriously, <laughs> we give so much time. I mean, we give thousands of dollars of our time to this podcast. So I think we got the time thing covered. But it's fun. And we also give our product away for free to charities. Anyone can listen. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to cover it. Covered. I don't All know. Right, I, thought be, we got I, thought cu- I thought it would be fun. It'd be cool.
1: So now we got to figure out what charity.
0: Well, we yeah, that'll be harder. We'd, we'll have to, maybe people can make suggestions. But. In order to, in order for so you this to is d- like
1: a per episode thing or a monthly thing that we'll we'll do we'll do the donation.
0: Here's here's how you can make a suggestion on our char- on what charity you want us to give to. You have to go into iTunes, and leave us a what is it a review like? Just can be one sentence or something. You leave us a review, and then you can tweet us, and uh, and suggest a charity. That works. I like that. All right, what else is going on?
1: I can move on to some of mine. Okay. Um, uh, I really want to talk about Salesforce Tower. Okay. So Salesforce uh, or Benioff tweeted. You know, I guess they just opened it up. It's out. It's it's being used now. The Salesforce Tower. Where is this? In London. Okay. Um, so this is the. One ten Bishop Gate. Location. Okay, I, I'm I'm confused entirely by this, and and maybe maybe some of our UK listeners can set us straight on this because it's not technically the Salesforce Tower. Salesforce made a bid to name the rename oh. the building of the tower, but and I guess it got approved, and then City Council came in and said, uh, "You guys aren't as important as you think you are." Um it well I guess they're only occupying like eighteen percent of the building and I guess they don't have that much of a presence there to kind of warrant renaming the entire building. So as a compromise, they named it's technically the one ten bishopgate tower or building. Um but you know, the sign on the on the building is gonna be Salesforce and the website and everything all says Salesforce Tower. All the brochures and marketing materials say Salesforce Salesforce Tower. So yeah. it's, it's essentially the Salesforce that's, tower.
0: That's the way naming rights for buildings work. I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of paying. Like, it's not necessarily who occupies the most floors or anything like that. It's who is willing to pay the price.
1: Well, Salesforce was willing to pay the price to have the building renamed. Right. But I guess the city itself decided it just wasn't something they wanted to do.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm not sure we want to whore this building, big building out to the highest bidder yeah. necessarily. Right. Yeah. There's more to it than just that, at least to them. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it looks pretty nice. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a fairly new building. I think the construction was completed in around 2011. I think it started in 2009, from what I read oh, by if,
0: if you wonder why Salesforce spends half of their six billion dollars in revenue every year on sales and marketing, this is one reason why. Because yeah, they want they want gigantic what, buildings what, they make for themselves. What better
1: way to, to to say hey we're we're here and we're here to stay?
0: You know, it's know, it's the shareholders' money. I mean, there's it. You know, every time you spend a dollar, it's a dollar that you took away from something else. Yeah. Either from investment or, but I mean, it's a, it's a it's a brand rec- or you know recognition thing, right, and a mindshare thing, a, right. a branding thing. So you know, obviously, you have to spend money on that when you're a big company. So maybe this is uh, worthwhile, worth the money. What is this Benioff tweet?
1: Oh, that's this that's the tweet he made. That's
0: if you're looking at the notes. That's yeah, what that that's is. awesome. Okay, very
1: excited. Yeah, I thought I thought we talked about the restaurants they had there. Uh, you'd you'd actually might like live visiting so there. We are
0: so excited. <laughs>
1: Because like, they, they have a sushi place there. in the Oh, sushi samba. Yeah, sushi samba. Is that like a Latin sushi type of thing? No, it's a Japanese sushi. well samba? But it, it says it's a Japanese. I guess that's just the name of it.
0: yeah Maybe it's a fusion. A Japanese Latin sushi fusion. Right.
1: However, if I want to go there, I want to go to this
0: <laughs> duck waffle
1: place there. I have no idea what that place is about, but apparently, I guess equivalent to
0: chicken and waffles, they have duck and waffle. That sounds good. Yeah, it does. Although, normally, don't you get, isn't duck, well, I don't know, I guess it depends what kind of like, sometimes it's cooked like medium or medium rare, that'd be kind of gross on a waffle, wouldn't it?
1: No, I think this is like a crispier fried okay. version of it. I mean, because that's what makes the chicken and waffle is the crispy yeah. friedness of it. So I think it's like a really thin, I think there's a picture of it actually in, uh, I have a link to an article that did a review of the place back in 2013. Um, and then it has some pictures and things of different things. It all looks like kind of like the kind of comfort foods that you would normally get. So it looks all really rich and, you know, really bad for you, but you know, stuff you'd love to chow down on. Anyways.
0: Cool. That's the sushi,
1: uh, Samba. Yeah. I don't know why foods are online. I guess cause I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. I haven't eaten either. I haven't eaten
0: breakfast. <laughs> By the way, we're, so we're recording at a weird time today. We normally record in the afternoon, but, uh, you're going to be traveling. So yeah. we're recording in the morning. So if we same different, my... I think I'm a little fresher. No, I know you're having we're, we're, a bad day. We're never day, in but sink, yeah. No. Let's see,
1: my, my day went, I woke up with really bad heartburn. I'm not sure why, and it's still with me. My wife goes to take my daughter to school and comes back in and says, my car won't start. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go to the gym, but instead I'm dealing, I'm like under the hood of my wife's car pulling the battery out, because that's what it ended up being. So... I'm- And then I come I rush into the office because we planned to record earlier in the day. Yeah. So yeah, my my morning's kind of been mad.
0: So sorry. This is my therapy. I get yeah. to talk it out. There you go. <laughs> uh, just don't just don't try to hug it out with me, okay? I'm not in the mood. <laughs> so Salesforce is trying to get smarter.
1: So they bought an application. It's actually a mobile application, a mobile-only application called Tempo. And it's a it's a kind of it's a calendar that's meant to be a little bit smarter about how it presents information to you. So it it not only kind of gives you kind of what your day, daily activity is or what you have planned for that day. As you drill into these meetings and events, it tries to connect to your email and all these other services that you might have and try to collect some information and say, hey, I think this is all related to your meeting or this is all related to the person you're meeting with. So it tries to be a little bit smarter about providing you information, providing you more context on that meeting. It also has some really cool little things like, um, you can, when you're at a meeting, you can click a button or things like that and have it say, Hey, I'm running late or, you know, have it send a message and things like that. Cause it's all integrated through email. So it's a nice little tool. I never actually used it, but I did a lot of reading up on it when I found that Salesforce bought it, um, mainly because they're shutting down the app. So it's not an, acqu- an acquirement <coughs> where they're going to keep the app running, like say desk or something like that. This is something where they want the people and the technology, I think behind it. An aqua hire, an acquire, an aqua hire. Is that how you say it? Yeah, and I, I'm excited about the idea because Salesforce's calendaring is horrible, and it's bad. Yep, I, I think I think this type of analytics or this type of smartness built into the Salesforce application would be huge. I think it would be great. I think it fits in well with the, you know, especially for sales, you know, all the things that they have to do.
0: Do you think this will actually surface somewhere in a Salesforce product? I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't know. um, That conferencing app they bought and shut down never surfaced as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, but this is so, yeah, conferencing is one thing. I mean, I, I don't, I guess I can see where that would be valuable in Salesforce, but I mean with CRM. In particular, I mean, you're, you're dealing with customers, you're, you're, you're dealing with a sales staff that has to go out and meet with people and manage that type of information. So I think this is something that can be, it's extremely relevant to what Salesforce does.
0: So I saw an article on TechCrunch about this. And by the way, every time you read a TechCrunch Tech article, you get a little bit dumber. Um, but uh, it says, Salesforce, we use Tempo's technology or basically just, or w- whether they're using their technology or or is just hiring the Tempo team isn't clear, so they're not. To them, it's not clear whether this is an Aqua we'll hire. Regardless, it's bad news for the existing users of the Tempo app, which is no longer accepting new users. The company plans to fully discontinue the app on June 30th. But Tempo says if you paid for the app, you can request a refund through the Apple through Apple's App Store because that's such an easy process. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well. I, th- I
1: think it's more more than just a simple application. I think. Um there is a research institute where some of this technology was kind of born, and it was the same institute that um, came out with Siri.
0: Yeah, at S-R- uh, SRI. SRI yeah. yeah.
1: So I think there's some real potential there for not only just the people <clears throat> uh, because of their experience and their know-how, but I think the technology itself definitely could find its way in
0: there. Dude, SRI—they've got a good track record of developing some kind of app and then, get, you know, selling it to a multi-billion dollar company. That,
1: that almost seems like a dream.
0: I mean, you, I know, you absolutely. get
1: to, to work on some idea, some abstract concept, you know, see how well it works, bring it out to the public and see, you know, and then if someone finds value and, and acquires it. Then you get to move on and do something else. You're not stuck in the kind of maintenance and building a business. The hard it. part of the business, yeah. actually,
0: actually perfecting it and monetizing it.
1: Uh, it's it's the whole well it's not really just getting paid for ideas because you're actually working <clears throat> and building technology but that whole process that's what's fun to me
0: about writing software is that creative process yeah that that start of it that's why everyone wants to work on greenfield projects no one wants to work on anything legacy right
1: yeah uh, well in related yeah. news Microsoft bought my favorite task management tool Wonderlist ah,
0: I, I, I thought of you when I saw that so you use Wonderlist right I
1: love Wonderlist yeah. I. So, I'm not too concerned about this. I I hope. Um, Are they killing it? I don't think they're killing it. I think they're going to keep, keep it. No, so,
0: Microsoft is a better citizen than Salesforce when it comes to this? No, they're not. <laughs> oh, they're not. Okay.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, we're under a new CEO with a new direction. Wait, wait a minute. They're, a keeping,
0: they're keeping it open. They're not shutting it down. So, how is that not being a better citizen? You don't think well, Microsoft, is better Microsoft
1: historically hasn't always. I mean, I they, they have Six, a long history so, of acquiring things that, that have been shut down. Some of it. Can you I, name one? It's been shut down. Yeah. No, because I forgot about them already. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you have things that that were acquired, like Vizio, and you know that's the <clears> first one that comes to my mind. But
0: yeah, Vizio they bought uh, the SQL server. They basically bought. I don't know. Um, slight tangent. Uh, I was talking to a friend about a week ago, and he was saying, you know, I I went through so many different mail apps on iOS on for iOS. Looking for the best one. He wasn't happy with the mail, the standard mail app. He said, I couldn't believe it. The one I ended up using is uh, Microsoft Outlook. Um, it's great with Gmail. It works with all his different accounts. He's got Gmail accounts, Exchange accounts, IMAP stuff. And it just is a solid app. It was the best one. And I was like, wow, that's like, so surprising. That did, I mean, it yeah. doesn't even, it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. You know, that just doesn't seem right. Well, it's interesting because <clears> it- it's still the 2011 version. They haven't released their latest. No, this is new. It's released. I don't know. I want to say re- recently and what it is. And I've just discovered this today. Now it, now it all makes sense. Microsoft bought a Is that how you said it? A comply, A C C O M P L I, which is a mail app. I think accompli um, they bought it in like January or something like that earlier this year. And it, and the current Microsoft outlook for iOS is that app just rebranded. Wow. So okay, that makes
1: sense. So now we'll get a rebranded uh, Wonderlist. You might
0: Microsoft I, Microsoft like Wonderlist. I know, think they could even keep the name Microsoft Wonderlist. Yeah, maybe it's a good name. It is, and it's got a lot of re- um, I think recognition amongst people who are organized. <laughs> I think what I like about it most
1: is that it's 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 a very simple task manager. There's not, you know, I've used others that I thought I wanted. You know, I thought I wanted all this folder structure. I thought I wanted to be able to organize my projects a certain way, you know, have all these different folders and for the company and for the project. And I wanted to have all these different assignments and tasks and tagging and all that kind of stuff. And what ended up happening is I was spending more time managing my task list than actually getting things done because I'm trying to organize it in folders and all this kind of things. Wunderlist is just basically a list of tasks. I mean, I can, I can categorize it in groups, but I can, I can do all that, but it's really
0: simple. So... I think simplicity is key. Wonderlist bridges the gap between email, social, and project management solutions in Microsoft's productivity portfolio. It brings much needed structure to openness and collaboration. I don't know about all that. I don't either. I don't know what any of that means, <laughs> but that's that's how you talk when you're an analyst. Yeah, some someone was just trying to make that <clears throat> bigger than it was. It's
1: it's a very simple, well thought out, well done task task management tool
0: that runs on all your devices, it's synced to the cloud. Well, I mean, according to that quote from this analyst, it's going to be well-integrated too. If it's, you know, if it's going to be, if it's going to bring structure to the openness and collaboration of existing Microsoft solutions, email, social, and project management. Yeah, I don't get where they're getting that. I, I mean, I don't, see, this is, the, okay, this is going to get, you know, six months ago, a year ago, it was very easy for me to write off everything Microsoft, everything Microsoft did. I'm not interested. I mean, I just I don't use the OS. And, oh, I know I talked about dev- it,
1: and you were just kind of rolling what? your eyes like, "Oh, uh, again."
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and their developer tools. While some of the and and their system technologies, platform technologies, some of them I actually like, but it's it's a non-starter because I they don't run on my computer. I can't develop with them, and I'm not going to run Windows. But everything's changing now. You know they're they're playing very nice with with uh, Linux and cross platform and cloud and. And they're now they're releasing tools that are cross-platform, so it's it's like they're I'm like okay, damn it, and am I going to have to now actually, honestly evaluate your <laughs> your products? Yeah, I am. That's and I you know it's so it, there's more cognitive dissonance. It was before it was easy. I could just shut it all down. I'm not you know it's not even a chance. But now, yeah, but that that's a good thing. I mean, it, it is overall good. It's just more complicated. You know, it's it's more it's a more complex landscape for me than it was before. Right. All right. Um, so there's been some Wave stuff in the news. <clears throat> Has Wave been causing Waves? So a the, the couple of things. Okay, so one is they have announced that basically they just have more partnerships with systems, I guess, services that can be sources of data for Wave. So, okay, and Salesforce announced a series of connectors... That link way with popular big data tools with the idea of bringing external data sources to the cloud or to the platform. So it's it's uh, I don't know what the full list is, but there's here's a few Cloudera, um, which is a uh, Cloudera is a, a Hadoop service basically. Uh, Google, I'm not sure what data from Google. Um, New Relic, which is monitoring HortonWorks, which I believe is also uh, Hadoop. Uh, Trifacta and informatica i thought they were already partnered with informatica
1: they are but i'm sure mm-hmm. that it's adding it to adding the list for completeness
0: <clears throat> completeness so yeah so we're talking about new connectors um so prior to having these connectors it was uh it, it was possible to pull that type of data into a way but it was a lot of work so i guess they're pre-built connectors so um if you're using one of these software as a services uh you know so they they automatically show up as an as an option to bring in data in Wave. Do you, have you been doing much with Wave since, you know, you first looked at it? I mean, I still do nothing with it, so it's it's all just uh, abstract for me at this point.
1: No, I've been meaning to, but I just always get distracted by real work and other yeah. things. But And there's not a lot of demand. No one's coming out, coming to me and saying, hey, you know, we want to do this Wave thing, and I heard you, you know, a little bit about it, you know, so it's, I, I haven't seen the demand. But, of course, the demand's going to be from, you know, larger... Enterprise customers, the small business guys are probably not going to bite the bullet on Yeah, because the entry price is half a million dollars a year. Yeah. So
0: it's, I don't know that I'll ever see it. Uh, the first thing, okay, so this is what Salesforce is saying. The first thing uh, is that we are solving a problem for the business user. Okay, so users from marketing, sales, and service aren't about to start mucking around in these other platforms. I mean, yeah, you're not going to have a, you know, the head of sales running some job in Hadoop to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do my MapReduce here. You know, it's not going to happen, right? So I think I think what's, what uh, what they're t- what they're trying to do here is okay. You've got you know so this is this is obviously be a, a bigger either a bigger company or a more technologically savvy company. They've got Hadoop running on some kind of services, they're, and so they're already running these complex jobs to do all kinds of crazy analysis. Right. That's not what Salesforce wants to enable in Wave. What they want to enable is you've already got that data in these Hadoop instances you have. Why not expose that same data? So you got data scientists or super you know tech people, right? Techies right. that are that are doing their complicated things, but why not expose that same data to your Salesforce business users? They won't they won't necessarily be doing ma- their own, you know, map jobs or thing, but they can at least do the visualization, which is really what Wave is. Wave is not big data analysis, it's visualization. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: the the tooling and everything is definitely designed for that. I mean, you have someone there who's going to take that data and present it as a lens or, you know, create the data set and then create it as a lens. And the lens is really what you're interacting with as a end user, the lens in the dashboard.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, IT clearly can't live in a silo with data scientists and developers working with data. The, the data only has value as it is processed and gets delivered to the rest of the organization. So these connectors and partnerships provide a possible avenue to making use of the data. Yeah. Mm let's see Salesforce is on the right track by providing a way to connect these platforms and help customers make more data driven decisions so yeah that that makes sense again it's not going to be it's not really the complex data analysis stuff but it's it's just visual visualizing your data and, and trying to you know make data driven decisions so that uh, that could be a win that makes sense
1: it makes sense at to first me. I
0: was confused I'm like why you know if you're already using Cloudera or one of these systems, why would you even use Wave? That makes no sense to me. Why would you then go through the expensive Wave and having to train people up and all that kind of stuff? But then I was like, oh, well, it's different users. It's a, it's a different use case. It is. And why you've already got that data, so just leverage those same data sets for, for people that are in completely different roles. Yeah. Right?
1: Huh. I think another advantage of it is that what I've seen over the years is that people come to Salesforce, a lot of times it's their first... I say people, companies, it's their first entry into the cloud space. You know, this is, this is the first application where it's available anywhere. It's available on multiple devices. They can access it from anything. And so now they have all this instant access to, their, to the tooling and to the information in that tool. And naturally what comes with that is, well, I want to be able to see, especially for, for the higher ups, you know, once you get to the V and C levels, you know, they want to, they want to see kind of the spectrum using that same set of tools so they want to see across-the-board information. They want to see data coming from their CRM. They want to see data coming from their back office, and they want to be able to see that instantly. And Salesforce makes it easy to set something like that up with, with Wave because now now that information can stay where it is. You're not trying to bring that information into Salesforce, which is kind of the original idea. You know, when we go in and consult and they want to integrate data, they're like, well, can I bring all this data into Salesforce so that I can p- include it on this X report or yeah. put it on this dashboard? Right. And we've always had to say, well, you know, we can, but we'll have to summarize it before that because there's a storage limit and there's, you know, all these other things we have to consider. Um, And so this kind of helps remove some of that. Now, it's expensive, but it it does kind of offer a solution to that problem, which the answer has always been, okay, well, let's move data out of Salesforce into your, you know, master data system and then, you know, do your reports off that.
0: Yeah. So the... the next kind of topic similar, you know, along the same vein here is, uh, and this was an article that I found that I'll have to make sure is in the show notes because I don't remember where I got it, but it's, um, it's all about how, you know, has wave lived up to the promises, the hype, right. That we, you know, we were told about six months ago, um, you know, on the dream force. Once the dream force high is gone, (laughs) you know, is this what, this is what they said it is. So, um, Okay, so organizations are you know they're using these data visualization tools. So you've got things like not only Wave, but um, what's the other one that's so popular? There's Good Data, right? There's um, what's that other one though that uh, I can't remember. But about that's on the lower end. Analytics. Yeah, yeah. Tableau. Or- yeah, Tableau. Or- right. And uh, you know these are these are all the, I think all these are also popular in mobile environments. So that they've got mobile solutions. So that. And if you've got your Tableau data or whatever, and you can even, you know, Tableau has been integrated with Salesforce for a long time. So you can do Tableau stuff on your your mobile device. That's all about your CRM data and everything. Um, So, you know, so it's all about enabling business people to get a quick read on issues um, and making the data like, you know, digestible for people who are on the go executives, you know, salespeople, whatever. Um, So this is all about, you know, the question is, you know, whether it's worthwhile for everyday managers and employees to use, to use these things. And, you know, how much training is required, you know, is it, are you really, you know, democratizing? I hate that term, but, you know, access to this, to this, uh, to this data. All right. So when, sell, when wave launched, there was a ton of excitement about it and how it would compare to other, clu- other BI tools, not only the ones we mentioned, but also, you know, the big ones from SAP, it was SAP Oracle, um I who, is IBM have cognos I think they bought cognos so SAP Oracle IBM um you know it's a powerful tool um but like we were just talking about it's only for it's only for certain companies because because of the price I mean that's just a big gating factor here um but wave is Uh, Okay, let me read a quote here. So, Wave is, uh, first and foremost, a mobile application enabling users to make use of large data files and turn them into easier-to-review graphs, charts, and other data representations. Uh, In theory, executives should be able to drill down into key parts of the business with only a few clicks and little or no training. All right, so there's... They've added... Okay, so since the launch, they added three parts. The Wave mobile connector, and that enables you to import, I guess... Raw data to a mobile device. Not quite sure. Do you know what that is? No, neither. The mobile dashboard designer. So either that means you're designing dashboards for mobile, or you can design dashboards directly on the mobile device. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, that one you can. Okay. And then there's Wave Links. Um, And this uh, connects data and the Wave app itself with chatter and CRM dashboards. So it's all about, I guess, moving data between... Um, between Wave and Salesforce One, basically, I don't know. So those are three new components they've added, I guess, as kind of patches or since basically since Streamforce. Um, but you know the, I guess the outcome here, according to this person, is you know it's still skeptical. So um, it won't simplify workflows as much as advertised. Um, analyzing large data sets requires data analysis expertise and a mastery of what the data itself represents um giving a common salesperson or marketer access to this data and showing them which buttons to click and how to make a graph doesn't necessarily guarantee that user can immediately identify what the data means uh you know creating helpful content on the fly will likely require insight from business analysts or other power users dedicated to this type of internal analysis that's i kind of agree with that i mean that's um the demos are great. The graphs are, you know, do you remember uh, Alex day on on his on his yacht with you know wave on the, his mobile device and you know that was the first time we saw the, the animated you know graphs and everything and it looks looks great, it looks slick. Um, I still think I kind of agree with this. I think for a lot of you know business users, you're going to have to set them up with exactly the types of visualizations that they're going to need on a daily basis to to. To be able to do their job and make good decisions, but I don't think they're going to be going in and creating their own lenses and and you know slicing and dicing and and pulling new insights and stuff. And I'm not sure that's what it's for, but I think that's how it's kind of being sold. I mean, you've worked. I mean, think think of all the people, all the you know bosses and bosses of bosses you've had in the past, right? Yeah. I mean, you give them. You you completely get something ready for them. Like you, all they've got to do is push a button, and they they want to see the same screen every morning. All right, right. Yeah, I guess in my head,
1: I, I always feel like you know there is someone out there who's you know savvy enough who can go through and massage these numbers and kind of manipulate them. Or not I'm, massage and manipulate sounds horrible. I guess what I'm saying, who can work with the data and and mold it into something meaningful. I'm gonna massage and manipulate you. <laughs> But more often than not, it, you're right. The reality is that most of the time what happens is someone sets something up the way they like it, and that's just the way it is from then on. So there's a part of me that, that thinks, yeah, the, having the tool and the capability to do that is great, and there's there's going to be a, a subset of people out there who are able to do that and will be doing that. But at the same time, I also see the other side of it, which is you know, kind of my experience, that a lot of times they just – they want it set up. They have an idea of what they want to watch for. You know what what numbers they want to keep track of, or what numbers they want to be aware of, are either in a certain threshold, uh, and that's that's all they want because they want quick glances. You know, they're not they're not paid to sit here and analyze data yeah. and analyze numbers. They're paid to manage the sales process or make sure that the company is is bringing in, you know, bringing in money. Yeah, the point of sale is making profits.
0: It's interesting though how you there's always you know. I would say maybe one out of ten, you know, either manager or executives who who tend to be the kind that will nerd out. And they will go and create their own lenses and oh, they have their all own, kinds of crazy they stuff. They have their right? own
1: access databases, those guys.
0: <laughs> exactly. So those kind of guys, and again, it's not, it's not the majority of them. It's definitely a small percentage. Right. But, uh, you know, Wave could be a real win for those types of people. Right. I mean, they're going to they're go in and, they, you know, they don't need the help from the data analyst expert. They're going to they're figure it out. Yeah, um,
1: and even even some business owners are at that level as well, where they have their right. own databases, you know, where they keep a track of some of that stuff, and they they know how to write a query, and they know how to write a report, and you know, they they do it
0: right. I mean, yeah, there's <clears throat> there's a reason they're a successful business owner, right? It's because they take the time right. and put in the effort to figure stuff out.
1: I, I think for me, Wave, I, I don't think it's it's necessarily not living up to the hype because I think there's a lot of great technology behind it. I think the cost of entry is,
0: is just the biggest issue right now. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I'm just on the, I don't know. I mean, I, I do have, I do have some clients that are that big, but none of them have expressed an interest in, um, they've got existing solutions that they're happy with. I mean, every company that's a a large company is already going to have, some kind of business intelligence system, right? right. So the question is, you know, <clears throat> does it make sense to, I mean, they've got in, you know, everyone at the company, you know, uses that. all the executives are set up with the reports and all the things they need. All these mid-level analysts um, who use that tool to get their job done. They, you know, it's all set up. I mean, so you're, <clears throat> the wave is definitely, even in a company like that is not a it's not a rip and replace. It would be something you add. Well, the, the other And again I think I think the users of Wave will not <clears throat> excuse me. Users of Wave will not overlap that much with the existing BI users in a company. You're talking about enabling different types of people with Wave.
1: Right. And I, I think I think for it to be valuable to those types of people the cost has to come down. Well, I mean I mean, I, you, think think it's of, think of, I think I think it's sales... valuable to them in general. I think this type of tool would be valuable to them. Uh, I just think that you know, the, the cost of it is what's preventing it from being
0: utilized more heavily. You guys, I think of a fortune 1000 company, right? You're talking, what does that mean? At least hundreds of millions in revenue a year. Um, you're talking about this, uh, maybe two or three people's salary is what wave will cost a year, well, at least for the license training and stuff like that. And also, you're probably also going to be hiring people to be your wave experts, right? You're going to have at least a couple of wave employees. That's all they do. Or maybe you're adding a couple of people to your existing data analysis team that are going to be focused on WAVE. right? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably, if you add up the license cost plus the cost of training and, you know, the staff to support WAVE, you know, you're looking at a, at least a million a year, probably. But again, for the target market, I think that's kind of a, a very reasonable expense.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe the, the amount of... I guess the amount of time and effort and money that went into developing this de- technology is dictating who their audience is, that or they want to target those higher-end customers. I I just I just really think that if they could drop the price and make it available to more small mid-sized
0: companies, it would be far more prevalent and far more successful. Well, maybe the reason why it's priced the way it is is because they know that if they if they if they price it down to the smaller market that there's going to be way too much frustration because they don't have the resources to hire the people to be their wave experts. So I don't
1: know. I mean, that's what they have consulting partners for. I mean, that that's, that's our job to come in there and, yeah. and help them. But maybe the thought is that, that you
0: need, you basically need just full time, a couple of people on the staff.
1: I mean, yeah. honestly, the the tooling itself is easy enough as long as we have a connector and a way to communicate with with their other data systems or their data warehouse or whatever else. And you know, we're we're but, always integrating things with Informatica already or other middleware tools. So so that technology isn't new to to us in the community.
0: I might I might push back you on a little bit just uh, and out of ignorance, really, on the thing of you know, it's it, what did you say? Wave is easy enough. The tools are easy enough. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. Maybe I mean, when you maybe it has nothing to do with the tooling, but once you just once you're talking about taking your your click data from your Hadoop data sets and and pulling it into Wave, then then tying that into your CRM data, I mean, maybe that's not simple. I mean, I think there's a lot of things when you start talking about real da- real world data analysis scenarios, you you're going to have to have skilled data people to do that.
1: Yeah, but Wave hasn't hasn't reached the point where it's got a lot of highly technical. Features built into it. You I know. know. this no, like, sounds like it sounds there's like the no trend this, analysis. So the back I'm not talking
0: about the the front end tools, but these. And I don't know much about them, but these back end tools that used to get data into Wave and like to coalesce the data and and link things up. I mean, that's. I think that's where the where you've got to have someone who really knows what they're doing. Because if not, then you're going to have a data. People are going to be using a, a data set that wasn't really set up right. So you people are going to be make. You know, you're going to lead people to make draw. You know, incorrect conclusions and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like I said. I don't, don't see
1: it as any more different than what we're doing today, which is, you know, bringing in some external data in summary format and linking that up with the CRM data and creating a report and dashboard out of it.
0: But bringing that data in, knowing how to summarize it, knowing how to link it to other data sets, that's, that's the stuff that's not simple. And No, and I mean, that's that's the things that we, we do as consulting partners. We, we go in there and we help
1: companies set that up and we show them how to do it or we build it for them. And then it's, you know, I, I don't see that being any different – any different of a service for Wave than it is for the inter- it's not, current but integrations if, that But if we it's
0: do. maybe the thought is though that it's it's not something you can just bring in a consulting partner, they set you up and then they're gone. You know, you're either going to have to be paying a consulting partner a million dollars a year every year, or you can hire a couple people for you know quarter of a million dollars.
1: But that that's a viable service model. I mean, we they, they have companies that hey, it's provide. Wednesday,
0: it's Wednesday at noon. The sirens. Yeah. Every Wednesday at noon. I don't think it'll hear on the podcast. Probably though. not. We just sound like crazy people just yes. listening to to air. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have smoked that peyote before we started. Is that coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. So and there's you know there's this new language SQL have you used that? Did you check that out at all? No. Yeah, neither. Um so you know people are going to have to learn that. Yeah. And a, that's the thing a lot of business people are are accustomed to SQL, right? I mean a lot of business, business people know at least enough SQL to get well, by. But you said
1: AC isn't it SQL?
0: Or maybe that's what it is. Yeah,
1: it's S-A-Q-L.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sack. You said SAC. Um, <laughs> uh, should, right, should, should I, should grow I up that? about two years, two, three years. I'm just saying, years. I thought it was a SQL. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, you know, people know SQL, but this is this is yet a different language. And if it's anything like Sackle is, I actually think SQL is easier than Sackle because Sackle, you've got to know like all these limitations and it, it doesn't do sub, sub-queries the way you'd think it w- would. And it's, just, it, it's designed to be a, a subset of SQL, but ends up being kind of more complicated because understanding what those boundaries are and what the limitations are and it being more difficult. So I don't know if SQL is going to be the same way, but at minimum, that's, you're talking about people getting trained on a new language. Um,
1: that's true. I mean, the tooling itself, once you have a lens and it, once you have the data set created, is point and click, drag and drop. It's very w- simple. right Where, where the Technical expertise comes in is in collecting that information, building the right type of query for the data set. Yeah. Um, And then also any kind of summarization or other processes that have to happen outside of Salesforce or outside of Wave to make that data
0: available. Yeah. So, you know, basically the summary here is that, you know and everyday manager will be able to do some analysis but uh, the real data analysis likely stays with the data gurus not that that's a bad thing
1: <clears throat> but i think a lot of companies operate in that fashion already they have no, they, do. they have a set they have data collected in some data warehouse that they make available to you know different divisions or different managers for for various reasons i think once that access has been established in wave then it becomes you know for those type of people the ability to just kind of work with it and, you know, chop it up, cut it up.
0: I know. agree. But I think that's what, and I, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I, I think there's always going to be an a, you know, an, an, a, an, assist, if I can say this, an essential comp complexity to data analysis that I don't care how good your tools are, or whatever, like you still have to have people that at some level c- can know how to know how to end, you know, set everything up to enable all these business users. But that makes wave, very similar to all the other, all these other things like Tableau and what are the, good data or whatever, you know, it's, it's really this, it's really the same situation. Cause once you get those set up, then people, it's easier for people to get in and create their own, uh, I can't remember what Tableau calls them. Basically like a dashboard almost. And it's very easy to point and click your way through the data and everything. Um, yeah. So then, uh, in another summary here, SMBs need not apply. So, Um, Large companies with dedicated staffs of data analysis will gain greatly. um, But small and mid-sized businesses will likely not have the resource to to devote to this product. And I think that's Salesforce's goal is to just, for now anyway, they're basically excluding small and medium businesses.
1: I would just hate for the, because I think it's a great tool and I think it's great technology. I just would hate for it to kind of be forgotten
0: because it's priced
1: so high and it's, it's such a... It, it's made for such high-level companies,
0: and from a business decision perspective, you basically have to be able to have a multi-million-dollar ROI to justify the, the purchase. Yeah, and that's tough with analytics justifying the ROI. Hunting. And how do you quantify? I've always it, wondered. It it's I've seen so many BS presentations of people quantifying. I mean, I you know I lived in the Six Sigma world for a while. I've seen plenty of these outrageous claims of savings. Right. Then it's like, you know, there's no way you could quantify that. So, yeah. Has it lived up to the hype? What do you think, John? Summary? I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I'm just not in that space enough to say. It seems like a pretty good product. And yeah, you know, I know there's very smart people working on it. And and the limited talking they've done about some of the tools they're using that they built Wave on. I mean, they're using all the right tools and and... I mean, heck, when you talk about Cloudera and um, uh, what's the other Hadoop provider, but, you know, they're basically using the same tool as Wave is. So we're just t- t- talking about, you know, I'm going to let you connect your Hadoop to my Hadoop. Right. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. It's, it's integration. That's all it is. All righty. What else? What else do we have? That was in my list. So I figured out why uh, Benioff's been on a world tour the past couple of weeks. Cuz he's been doing, attending all the conferences. No, it's because the percentage of sales from a from <clears throat> international regions has declined. Really? Yeah, so like Europe went from 19% to 70 percent of seven, of Salesforce's sales and then uh, APAC went from 10% to
1: 9%.
0: So where are they going? Uh just the US is growing more you know, more fast than oh, so the other that regions they're losing. It's just that,
1: that they're just not they're growing, growing slower. as fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing considering the investment they've put into these different regions. And also the, but maybe that investment is taking time to take hold. I mean, it's, it's it could be, but all just, the investing
1: they're doing now should, should pay off in the near future. Correct.
0: Um. Yeah, but they shouldn't be going backwards and, and they're kind of, they're not keeping up. So, some marks out there to uh, rally the troops, and I think actually uh, didn't. Uh, let's see, Mark went. I think um, Keith Block went, and a couple of others. So I'm sure they're having their little, you know, kind of well, mini, also mini Dreamforce their Tower this week. Well, so. That's true, yeah. So they're all going to be over there, sure. Hey, I, I, I got a little quiz for you here. All right, what would you think? Uh, what percentage of C, of CRM, so like the sales cloud, do you think? Uh, is their revenue? Gosh, why, don't, why can I not say that right? What percentage of Salesforce's That's revenue do you, do you think in the is? Jar, by the way, for that <sighs> little kerfuffle. <Dang. laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a verbal take. though. that was just me being very ineloquent.
1: Okay, so in a, in in in
0: eloquence, <laughs> in eloquence counts. <laughs> That's an expensive tax. Ten dollars. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, so what percentage of Salesforce's revenue is from is from Sales Cloud? I'm going to say 75. Yeah. Supposedly it's 80%. I think that was in there. 10Q somewhere. I almost said 80. So I have one final piece of business, which is I just want to throw this out there because we kind of mentioned it, but just the idea of having a uh, a meetup at Dreamforce, a good day, sir, meetup.
1: Oh, yeah. I wonder I wonder if there's enough people with interest. But So here's the thing. What, what kind of meetup are we talking? Are we talking like, Finding a spot to all meet at the same time? Yeah, just are we talking like, about like reserving a nah, spot for Just something for us very to, informal.
0: Just informal? Yeah. Like it... I don't know. What's the... You know, like a good bar around there?
1: I'd have to get suggestions. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been there. And plus everything... The thing about Dreamforce and that area, you know, we'll call it ground zero, is that everything around there is saturated. I know. So that it's, it's going to be hard to find a place. I mean, even companies that are trying to sponsor... Events or parties or things like that are having to go further and further out to be able to do it.
0: I mean, so we could say, like, okay, let's let's do it up in the marina or something, but then, you know, fewer people would would be able to go to that, right? You're going to lose people. It's a
1: hike. You'd have to really love the show
0: to meet us. (laughs) That's that's, actually, maybe that's a good test. Like, you know who would show up to that? I don't want to test people. I want people to. (laughs) You know which people would show up to that? The right people. The right. Yes. But no, anyway, I, yeah, I think that would be cool to do a meetup, and yeah, we should find something close and see if we can uh, get a
1: few people to you know, come. And I'm sure there's say been hi.
0: plenty of people that would like to either shake my hand or slap me in the face, one of the two. I'll I'll take both. <laughs> I, I do.
1: We we do plan on uh, on having a few shirts and merchandise made up for so we can. Uh,
0: yeah, hand so I don't some, some I don't want to get out. I don't want to get specific on any commitments, but I think we should definitely have uh you know like the first ten people or something get you know get something. There should yeah. be a door prize. Yeah. Some incentives. So ping us on Twitter if you're interested.
1: Yeah. uh, We'll (laughs) we'll, we'll work out the details as between now and then.
0: We definitely need help on ideas for a space, a time, that kind of thing. And so if you've ever been to Dreamforce and you have suggestions, tweet us. At the very intuitive, intuitively chosen handle, (laughs) good day, sir, PDCST. Good day, sir. Podcast.
1: <laughs> it, it was Twitter's fault. They wouldn't let us make a Twitter's long enough fault. name.
0: Yeah, it was Twitter's fault. And it is. <laughs> and to that, I say, Good day, sir. Good day, sir. I, I've walked out of meetings when I got called a resource. What you're going to get is a kick in the shins. It's a great company and you've integrated oh. perfectly. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, my vocal fry. Oh, my gosh. Good day, sir.